All right, everybody. Um, I'd like to welcome you back to Grace off stage. Here we are. It's week four. We've been in uh, quarantine now for four weeks, and uh, the idea for each week has been to kind of to help you to kind of guide us through each week of processing this experience. We know that it's uh, it's foreign, and that the hardest thing about this is, uh, you know, while we're at this uh, in this war with this invisible enemy, this virus. At the same time, there are things that I'm worried about as a pastor right now because there are things that are invisible to us that are that are very dangerous right now. There are things going on in our minds and our emotions, and and often the uh, the inner life. It's something that that typically takes us time to see what's been going on. It's almost like it takes time for what's going on the inside to finally surface on the outside. So each week of this podcast. You know, the goal has been to, you know, to help you begin now to process those things before it gets too late, right? We, we want to make sure that we stay physically healthy, but we know that our mental and emotional health is directly correlated, you know, to uh, our overall health. So that, that's the, the idea here in this podcast. Now, this week, uh, it's a slightly different uh, angle for us today, right? I, what I feel like today is in contrast to last week where we talked about, you know, just the, the seriousness of this thing that we're facing. Uh, today, I feel like we need a distraction, right? We've done preparing. We've, we've done some processing. But today it's important to teach ourselves and, you know, just the importance of, of allowing our minds and emotions just to, to, uh, to come alive, to begin to be uh, hungry. Uh, to understand, to learn things, to begin to dive into things, open up some uh, some things that kind of uh, stimulate our minds and emotions in, in some important ways. So what I've got today, right? I want to talk a little bit about um, an image, or better yet, a fence. Here's the idea, right? Um, if you remember, there are those like uh, connect the dot drawing, right? Think back to your childhood. You know, you, you would can go from dot one to two to three to four. And, you know, at, after dot 45, it would have a picture of like, you know, a whale or, you know, a tiger, something like that. Right. And then as you got older um, into math classes, you know, I'd say maybe like second, third grade, it would be like a math equation, you know. So, you know, you have a separate sheep. And as you'd answer each kind of math question, it would, it would give you an answer. So you'd go to this, this sheet full of dots and you would find the right number and connect it. Again, the idea was that these dots would begin to connect to each other to create an image, to outline something, right? Now, the question I have for you is this, right? If we were to begin to create these outlines of this, this shape, say it's a butterfly, okay? We have this butterfly outlined. What would you say about this butterfly, this image of a butterfly. If you were showing this to a three-year-old, would you say, hi, sweetie, this is a butterfly? Or would you try to be like more correct and say, this is an outline of a butterfly. This is the image of a butterfly. This is kind of what a butterfly looks like. Because there's a very simple truth here, right? These connected dots with our pencils, this this is an outline. This is supposed to make us aware or to correlate, to connect us to the existence of this other thing. But what's on this, this single sheet of paper? It doesn't breathe. It doesn't fly. It doesn't actually flap its wings. It's, it's only single dimensional, right? Like this thing doesn't really have any life to it. It doesn't have any, uh, you know, 
movement, energy. There's nothing really to it. This is simply an outline of a thing, right? How much is this outline really a thing at all? Now, this seems like a weird kind of a... I'm a rabbit trail to go on, but um, let me connect the dots for us real quick. Yeah, you saw what I did there, right? We are, we are people who the only way that we are able to learn new things is we have to connect this thing that we don't understand yet, this thing we've never experienced, we, we don't understand the, the nature, the edges of this thing yet. We have to learn new things as they correlate or they connect or they make sense to things that we already know. Um, if you have uh, young children, you know, you, you understand this, right? You know, it's impossible to walk up to a two-year-old and say, hi, look, you know, here is a processor. It's a chip that goes inside computers and phones that makes the world go around, right? You can't do that, right? We have to slowly begin to build up. It's baby steps, right? We have to slowly begin to connect them to what, you know, a a TV or a phone is. It's something that has these images. And then as they get older, we understand that sound comes out of it. Light comes out of this thing. Now we understand that it connects us to other people in other places. And now we, we understand that on the inside of this thing, it takes energy as a battery. And we, you know, again, we begin to layer understanding, layer upon layer, step upon step. It's almost like we're trying to climb this staircase to finally at some point we can begin to talk to our 12-year-old or 10-year-old and explain to them like what a processor is, like what a processing chip does. And then most of us will never go beyond that. We'll never really understand how a processing chip actually works, what's really happening in the science here, right? But who cares, right? But you get the idea. We, we understand things in stair steps. But... Before we ever get there, we have to create outlines. We have to create these types and shadows, ways for us to kind of walk ourselves into understanding something. Now, in the scriptures, the uh, Christian faith heritage, right, we have a way of walking ourselves up to understanding God. We have a way of starting with dot one, going to dot two, to dot three. We have a way of outlining this new thing that people have never experienced before. And so, one of the ways that we do this is with stories, with words, right? And so one of the things that we have um, in the Christian faith tradition is the Bible. And what's beautiful about the Bible is that in itself, it kind of chronicles this stair-stepping, right? This progress, this movement towards understanding more and more of God. One of the most uh, helpful things in the scriptures is to kind of take a 10,000-foot view of the Old Testament, to begin to kind of see this, this progression that happens from the first kind of uh, encounters with God, where you have the first people who encounter God outside the garden. You have this interesting kind of person named uh, Abram. And he encounters this, this, this God who he doesn't quite know yet, right? And, and so one of the first steps that this person Abram takes with, with God is learning now that he's going to now identify this God as being his God. And of course, the next step is that this guy is not just his God. Now it's going to be the God of his children and of his household. Then it begins to expand beyond that. Now, this is the God now who begins to promise Abraham that it's going to be a God who's not just of his household, his family, but he's going to make this family uh, increase, right? And in this increase, as God blesses his family, it's going to be a blessing to the world. Okay, And so here's where the story begins to take some interesting turns. 
And so in the Old Testament, this is where we begin to get specific on, okay, who is this God? What is this God like? Uh, what does God want from us? Um, what does God look like? What is this God's personality? So much of the Old Testament is trying to make sense of who this God is. Is this a safe God? Is this a scary God? Is you know, this a mean God? And it's a really beautiful thing to begin to watch through the scriptures. And so the story takes some really interesting turns with Moses. Because now we have this God who had promised to do these amazing blessings, this, you know, to prosper this, this tribe, this people group, right? Uh, we'll call them Israel now. And yet they didn't prosper. They were in Egypt. They were in slavery for generations. And so when you think about generations, think about your children and their children and their children. That doesn't, if you, if you and your children and their children and your great-great-grandchildren were all in slavery, it doesn't feel like that God who promised to bless you really is blessing you, right? There's questions here. And so when this God does come through on his word and he pulls them out of Egypt, he rescues them, right? Now there's this, this whole new relationship. And now you have the introduction of the Ten Commandments. And then what's built onto that is the law of Moses, right? And long story short, we get a long list of rules, do's and don'ts. I want you to think of these do's and don'ts as like connecting the dots. Dot one to two, to, to three, to four, to ten. And what's interesting about the law of Moses is it begins to elaborate. Because if you only have ten dots, you can only create a pretty basic outline of who this God is and what this God wants from you. What's so beautiful about the law of Moses is that this is them taking it on their own initiative to begin to add dots to this. Because God only gives them ten dots. But in the law of Moses, they add hundreds of dots. And it's beautiful to see this. Because the entire intent here, right, is to understand, to, to make an outline, to make sense of this thing that is new to us. If there's an animal that's never existed before, I'm trying to explain it to you. I wouldn't say, well, imagine this and then blah, spit out some, you know, new word. You know, what I would do is I would compare it to, to things that are similar to it. I would say, well, it's kind of like a unicorn if it were mixed with a liger and with a shrimp. And then if you had it be able to levitate, that's this new animal. You see, we have to start with things that we understand, and then we begin to fill in the dots, right? So you know how a, a tiger or a liger begins to walk on its paws? Well, this thing kind of slivers like a snake. We would begin filling in the dots. And this is what the law of Moses is. We're filling in the dots. We are putting a fence around this thing. See, fences are kind of a beautiful concept. A wall or a fence really has, it's not a thing on its own. It's not, it doesn't really have its own value. See, a fence has one real purpose. Its identity, its purpose is to highlight what has value and what does not have value. See, a fence or a wall is to separate, to separate the ordinary from the extraordinary, from the special. See, you only build fences or walls around things that, that you perceive to have great value. You don't just put a, a, you know, an acre of fence out in the middle of nowhere. You, you fence things to, to communicate to other people that this has value. And see, this is what happens in the Old Testament. When, when, when we often get stuck up on the laws and you know, the do's and don'ts, we're, you know, we're kind of missing the point here. The point is that these laws, these dots, this fence, is trying to highlight, it's communicating to the people of Israel and really to the world that there is something of value here. 
that they don't understand yet, something new to them that they need to explore, something that is, is, is life-giving, but they don't quite understand it yet. What's so beautiful about this is this continues to, to move forward. And so we see that this, this uh, space of connection to God is now highlighted in this kind of a golden uh, box, right? We call this the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? And in this place now, there is, there's all sorts of ornamental things. Again, uh, you think of these as dots or fences, the entire point of this box is to outline, to, to, to square away, to, again, to communicate. There's something inside of this, this fence, this box that is special. I can't describe it to you yet because you're not ready. You, you can't fathom this yet. You don't even have words or things to compare it to. But I want to walk you into it. And then we see that this box begins to, to be encased now in a tent. And this tent has different rooms to it, right? Again, uh, think of it as like layers or as uh, rows of fences. Each time you go past a fence, you know this thing is even more and more special, even more and more different, even more and more mysterious. As we add rules, and so there's rules for the people, and now there's special rules for the priests. Now there's even more rules on which priest can come inside this tent, and what day every year, and how does this priest need to dress, and what do they need to eat, and, and why do we need to tie a rope with bells onto this priest in case he dies? Think of this again. Each of these, these things are, do not have value on their own. These are dots. We're connecting dots. 10,000 to 10,001 to 10,002, and we are continuing to now fill in the details of this picture. We're now drawing closer and closer to understand there's something in here we don't understand, but with each layer of fencing, with each dot we're connecting, we're able to clarify the picture of who this God is. So it moves from a tent to a, to a temple, and now we have a temple that's even destroyed and now a second temple is built and and now we have this idea of this this god who resides in this temple behind these rules behind these priests who have their own rules and there are all these dots and then we have jesus and then this is kind of where the entire story takes a turn in the scriptures this is where things get complex and simple in the same moment see in colossians the first chapter we have this, this, this phrase about Jesus, this kind of way of explaining what Jesus does to this whole, uh, you know, rows of fences or all these dots, this image that they've been uh, filling in the blanks. They've been coloring inside the lines now for generations, for thousands of years. And here comes this person, and in Colossians 1.15 it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So imagine that you have been filling in all these dots for thousands of years, your family for generations, you know, all the way to your great, 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 grandchildren. You've all been working to fill in one picture by filling out laws and experiences and stories and trying to, again, right, picture that sheet of paper with a million dots on it. You're trying to draw this image of who this God is. What is this God like? And then here comes this person walking in the street and who hands you a separate picture with all the dots filled in, with all the dots connected, with all 
of the colors filled in inside the lines in this new image. And when you slide this image next to the one you've been working on your entire life, it doesn't fully line up. It's a different image. It's a different picture. The dots, you thought this dot connected to this dot and that this one went to that point and that this one made this zigzag and this one went over here. But really, you missed a couple dots and you, you colored the wrong color in certain spaces and your final picture doesn't look like this final picture. See, Jesus, the physical human, Jesus of Nazareth, is to be the first starting block in a new journey with God. It's not that we erase everything else. It's that this is the cheat sheet. Uh, in math class, when we used to have these these uh, connect the dot assignments, remember, you know, you'd almost have like your two sheets, the one sheet, the dots, the other sheet, had like the equations, so you had to find the answer. And then you had to kind of work back and forth. The, the teacher would always have a, um, a cheat sheet. Uh, she would all, He or she would always have like the final drawing, the way that you should have connected all the dots. And when you'd bring yours over and compare it to theirs, then you would find out, did I connect these dots right or not? I knew that the dots were there. I knew that I needed to connect the dots. I knew I needed to draw inside the dots. But now I'm realizing that I missed a few of the points. And the image that is created when you correct these dot connections can vary greatly. And so Jesus is now the cheat sheet. He's, he becomes the finalized, you know, connect the dot image. And now we've, we've colored in, we filled it in. Imagine that, you know, it's a tiger or a butterfly. I've got the Tiger King thing in my head, right? You know, from Netflix. Imagine that you now have this, this picture of a lion. It's all been filled in. <laughs> you know, it's been colored in. Now you're holding it. This is now the start. This is our image. Now we know. We know what this God looks like. This is the picture. We All the rules and all the dots and all the here's how we dress and how we eat and how we, how we marry, how we do all these things. Now we realize all of these dots, thousands of dots in the Old Testament, all the thousands of dots from people's lives and experiences and stories. This is what it was all to create. This picture, this image of who God is. But now we're faced with a new question. Is this picture, is this sheet of paper with the dots connected and all the colors filled in, is this God? Is this it? Do we stop here? Or is this picture of a lion, is this the place for us to not stop, but to start? Now I know what this new thing looks like that I've never experienced. Now I know what to expect. I know what I'm looking for now. Now when I go into the world, when I go, you know, say for example, when I go into the jungle, now I know what I'm looking for. Well, you know, if it's a line, of course, we're going to like the savannah, right? Thank you for, you know, correcting me. I'm sure everyone was thinking that, right? You find the lines in the savannah, right? Now I know what I'm looking for. Now I won't confuse this picture of God with a hyena or an elephant. Now I know what God looks like. It looks like the way that this human being lived and talked and interacted, the way this human being treated the poor and the confused, the way that this human being treated the powerful, the way this human being treated money, the way this, this, this human being handled compassion and forgiveness and love and mercy. This is not where I end. This is where I begin. This is where it all starts. Because in Jesus, we have this promise that all, everything, all the fullness of God is in this. But we don't stop here. This is just the start. 
And I don't have time to elaborate on more. We can, we can go for hours on this, but Jesus is where we start. And the beautiful thing about this is that we get to recorrect. And this is where most uh, Christians accidentally, without knowing, we get it wrong. Because what we try to do is we try to now take this image of God in Jesus and we try to correct it. Meaning, we try to take the cheat sheet from the teacher and we say, no, 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 no. Yeah, I understand that, that Jesus is like this, but really, if you read the Old Testament, this law said this. And this is what God was like in the Old Testament. He, you know, he flooded the earth and smited everyone. This is what God's really like. So really what you need to do is add some horns to that picture of Jesus. And what you really need to do is make sure that Jesus is holding a dagger. And what you need to do is, is kind of shade in under the eyes of Jesus, make sure he looks a little bit meaner. Because really, in the Old Testament, we learn that if you connect this dot to that dot, God is, he's more vengeful, he's more angry, he's more scary than that. But you're missing the point. See, you don't go from the cheat sheet and go backwards. You know, the whole idea was to work up to that cheat sheet. The whole idea isn't now to take that cheat sheet and begin to take it back to the old dots and the equations and try to stretch it and change it and morph it. No, 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 no. We, we enjoy the fact that now we've got that sheet. We've got it all filled in, all figured out. And now we start here. And now we go to discover what it's really like. Because the real goal is to find that picture of this lion, that picture of what this God looks like, this picture of Jesus. And now we go into the world with that. Now we follow this spirit of Christ and we begin to encounter this a lion in, its, in real life. We hear it roar. We, we see it walk and pace. We see the, the wind blow through its hair. We, we get close enough to scare us a little bit, right? Now, I'm not encouraging you guys to start your uh, exotic uh, cat farms. <laughs> That's not the idea, right? We're, we're trying to use some metaphors and images, right? But this is the exciting part. We start with the written pages, this filled in connect the dot of Jesus. And now we go into the real world and we find this God that looks like Jesus. And this is where the journey begins. It doesn't end. And so if you're listening to me today, I encourage you. This is the mistake that most of us make. We stop with the scriptures. We stop with the dots. We stop with the rules. We stop with the, this is how you do life the right way. And here's what Christians look like and act like. And, and truthfully, most people who live that way end up looking far different than the cheat sheet. They don't look like Jesus at all. They look like some, something much uglier. We'll just say that, right? The whole goal is to figure out that God looks like Jesus. And then we get started finding that God in the world. Because that's where the beauty is. That's where the good stuff is. That's where the real encounter is. So there are some things in the world that exist just to show us that something else exists. Fences only exist to show us that something of real value is behind that fence. Rules and stories in the Old Testament, all these things have such value to us because they are pointing us forward. Don't stop here. Don't stop at the tent. Don't stop at the box. Don't stop at the, at the temple building. Don't stop at the sacrificial meals. Don't stop at the Sabbath. Don't stop at church on Sundays. Don't stop at tithing. Do not stop at serving. Do not stop there. That's just where we start. And then the good stuff. Then the good stuff. Then we find the real stuff. The stuff that doesn't, isn't confined to a page, that isn't dead, that isn't just us connecting dots and filling in the blank. Then we begin to encounter the God that is alive. 
and that is real and that is beyond us and that every day surprises us and makes our world bigger, not smaller. The God who gives us more questions and less answers. The God that keeps every day interesting and worth living. So today, I hope that I encourage you. I hope that I gave you a good distraction. I want to explain a little bit about why we have dots, why we have rules and stories in the scriptures. We don't end there. That's just where we begin. And the cheat is Jesus. And the real excitement of being a, a follower of Christ is that we get to now begin to find that Christ. We, we carry the cheat sheet every day and encounter the God who looks like Jesus in places we never expected to find him. And that is the beauty of following God in Christ. All right, guys, I'll see you next Monday. Have a great week. I encourage you. Find your best way to stay healthy with uh, rhythms and practices which are good for your, your body, your mind, and, of course, your heart. See you guys next Monday.